this is our first service back, and I want to say straight up um, to you that my desire, I don't know if you had a New Year's resolution, but my desire is this, to know God and make Him known. And, and I'll prove to you, can I just prove to you why this is a most noble resolution to have in life. To know God, you might have information of God, but I'm talking about knowing Him, conversing with Him, walking in His presence, feeling like He's about you, for you, that He knows you. Can I, can I make just a, a short point of that through some scripture and, uh, and I think it will bless you and I think it's wor- worthy enough to take that revelation, to take that resolution into this new year and say to God, Lord, I want to know you more and I want to make you known. Where did I get this from? I started to read this book on systematic theo- theology. Systematic theology. Can you imagine books about this big? And uh, it's so. What's systematic theology? It's really about explaining what the Bible says in terms of all the questions that life asks you. It's really about that. And I've got some statements here that might help some people. So the, the, the message calls "Time to Seek the Lord," or knowing and loving God and making Him known. So I'm sitting down. Julie's painting. She did a fantastic painting of my daughter Gemma and, uh, and I'm reading over here and this is what I get out of the first few pages of this book called Systematic Theology. Uh, so I'll just paraphrase some of that stuff. Uh, one guy says, it's the study of theology, uh, the study of theology is by definition the quest for the ultimate truth about God, about ourselves and about the world we live in. Anyone into this sort of stuff? Do you want to know? I was speaking to a lady yesterday at the receptions of, Brie, you are a brilliant dentist, may I say. You fixed my cracked tooth and uh, sat in your dentist chair with all your latest gadgetry. Uh, But your reception was quite open to the Lord and I had a good little talk to her and she's basically at that point right now. She wants to know more about God more about herself and more about the world she lives in. What are you laughing at, Gail? <laughs> One theologian said that the Bible could be summarised in 10 seconds. God made a good world, he says, and people messed it up and God sent, Je- and God sent Jesus to put it and people back together. I like that. <laughs> Another person says, a truly Christian theology says, must be grounded in the gospel. It must be centred on Christ. It must be aware of spiritual warfare, orientated towards the mission, vision builders, motivated by dependent prayer, thank you praying people, in particular Matt and Dan Seckham, who attended our Tuesday night prayer meetings. Give it up for Matt and Dan. And Frank! (laughs) Thank you so much, Frank, because... And Cameron and Sarah turned up, yeah, and there's more people coming also. But listen, if you were to crunch the Bible down, it would come down to Christ, spiritual warfare, uh, our orientation towards mission, motivated by dependent prayer, done within the Christian community, um, 
freed as much as possible from cultural binds, faithful to the revealed truth, the Bible, and effectively applied to culture. A tall order, I know, but um, that's basically what it is. So I want to crunch some stuff here. But ultimately, the purpose of theology is this. Systematic theology is this. Is to know God. I got about three pages into that and got all that. I said, well, thank you very much. That's, I don't need to read the rest. <laughs> it's all about knowing God. And when that dropped in my spirit, I thought, man, I'm going to take that and uh, I'm going to have that as a new resolution. Can you know God? I want to ask you that. Can you know God? I want to say to you, and along with all the great saints down through the ages, you can know God. Many of us do, in fact. Is it, is it funny being spoken to like some might be in church and don't know God? Well, it's quite true. I'll explain about Nicodemus who thought he knew God, but anyway. So how, how, does, he make, how does he make known? Okay, I need to crunch this. Revelation, revelation. So there's general revelation, Romans 1.18, and you're going to love this. Can I have that? Romans 1.18 says, th- th- these are ways that you can... Okay, so this girl, the reception at your dentist says, you know what? I I said to her, have you ever experienced the presence of God? She's a young girl. She's 18, 19, ducks of the school, smart kid, beautiful kid. And I says, have you ever experienced God? I mean, have you ever felt the presence of God? Well, actually, when I go walking, ship off the old block, when I go walking, I feel God over me. I feel God around me. I just love nature and I love to walk through creation. Fantastic. Guess what, sis? The Bible says this. Romans 1.18 The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godliness and wickedness of men who suppress the truth. Some people don't want to know God. Some people are just resistant to God. Some people are immune to God. They just, no, I suppress that feeling. I suppress that voice. I suppress that notion by their wickedness. 19. Since that may be known about God is plain to them because God has made it plain to them. 20. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, that is, His eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood, that means in another version says, clearly perceived understood and seen from what has been has been made so that men are without excuse. Okay. What are you saying, Pastor Phil? I mean that when you walk out into the nature, out into God's creation, under the open heaven, night or day, when you stand on the beach, when you stand looking at God's creation, God's glory is smacking you in the face. It's like, it's like, wow, what created that? Who designed that? Wow, what is that? That, Awesome. That's God. The Bible says, the Bible's trying to tell you there that God is revealing himself through creation. Man is without excuse. So no man can actually say, look, I've, I've never, never got preached to, I never went. No, you should have felt God anyhow, somehow, some way, even just by walking through life. Does that make sense to you? 
The other general revelation way is this. It's by our conscience. Uh, Romans 2.14. Indeed, when Gentiles who do not have the law, but by nature things required by the law, they are a law for themselves, even though they do not have the law. 15. Since they show that the requirements of the law are written on their hearts. So in their hearts, people know between right and wrong. I'll just help you with what all that just said. Somehow, in, in people, they know that this is right, that's wrong. And it's in, built in their conscience. It's in their heart. They just know it. So that's how God reveals himself. Since they show that the requirements of the law are written on their hearts, their consciences also bearing witness, bearing witness, and their thoughts now accusing them or defending them. That's where you get a guilty conscience or your conscience defends you and says, hey, no, we're doing right. Or your conscience goes, oh, I should have done that. I should be doing that. I'm not, you know. And so that is in you. 16, this will take place on the day when God will judge men's secrets through Jesus Christ as the gospel declares. Apostle Paul, he identifies that creation and human conscience are a means of general revelation. That's right. Um, But of course there is special revelation. How can I know God? How can I know who God is? Well, you can know by creation, you can know by your conscience, but there is special revelation and it's a bit like this. Romans 1.1, Paul says, and this is special revelation. This is probably God, well, it's definitely God speaking to his people like the prophets of old and the apostles and they've taken that which God spoke and they've written it down as what we have now is the Bibles, the canon of Scripture. And Paul says it like this, Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle and set apart for the gospel of God. The gospel, the promise beforehand, the gospel he promised beforehand through the prophets in the Holy Scriptures. There, there it is. The, the word was spoken to the prophets and, and it became Holy Scriptures. Regarding his son who, as to his human nature, was a descendant of David and who the spirit of holiness was declared, the power to be the son of God by his resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord. Paul is basically saying it as it is. The greatest revelation that there has ever been, of course, to us is Christ Jesus who walked the earth and portrayed God and showed God who God was. He was the personification. He was the incarnation of God. The nature, the, the absolute worthiness of God was personified in Jesus. Who's with me on that? There was no grey areas. There was no sin. Jesus walked out the incarnation of God the Father and God wanting to bless people, heal people, set people free. I love it. So if you're looking to know God, go to Jesus. Jesus will absolutely show you exactly. book of Hebrews says it like this. Hebrews 1.1 1, 1 says, In the past God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets. Did I say this? No, I didn't. At many times and in various ways too. But in these last days, these are the days that we're living in now, guys. He has spoken to us by His Son, that's Jesus, whom He appointed heir of all things, and through Him He made the universe. The Son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of His being. I said that. Sustaining all things by His powerful Word. And after He had provided purification for His sins, 
He sat down at the right hand of the majesty of the majesty in heaven. That's why we celebrate Christmas. Did, did anyone realise that? That that's why we celebrate Christmas? Because this great revelation came, was birth, that God the Father introduced himself into the history of the world and said, guess what guys? No guesswork now. Here I am. Here I am. Who believes, who trusts this man, Christ Jesus, to be my son? I love it. And that's exactly why we celebrate Christmas. It's a, I can't even believe that we get to celebrate Christmas. The world lets us honour the Son of God, Jesus, and we celebrate Christmas. I, I just love that. Jesus said this in the most powerful statement when he said this, John 17 verse 3. So, just a bit of scripture for you. Now, this is eternal life. So, when I hear my friend dying on Friday night, John Ringstadt, and of course Christian, and, and when I think about my own mortality, when I think about my own brothers and sisters who I just met during Christmas, did anyone meet any estranged family members? And you're a Christian and you've got to dumb it all down and just talk. But guess what? My brother got saved. <laughs> and he met his wife in this church. No, not just lately, but a year ago, wasn't it? About a year ago. And I think you had something to do with that gale balling. And Jenny, too, I think. I don't know. It was just, yeah. New Year's Eve two years ago. And uh, we didn't think my brother would get saved, but he did. He got saved. And I think there's many other family members that we're hoping get saved because the point of my message is this. Seek the Lord while he may be found. I don't know about your theology, but I'm not seeing that you can actually find God when you're in hell. When you've actually passed, appointed on a man to die once, once only, then the judgment, you end up in hell. Uh, is there a, like Monopoly some way out of there? Uh, I, I, I don't see that. I, I see eternalness in separation from God. I don't know what sort of theology you believe in. Uh, there's, a, there's a, what is it? There's an exit card or let out a jail card somewhere, but I don't see that. So I've got to look at my friends now as if, my God, I could be separated from these loved ones forever. So it is time to seek the Lord while he may be found. And it is time to seek the Lord for us while he may be found, to get to know God. I'm on track. Now, this is eternal life, that they may know you. Okay, there it is. Jesus says it straight up. What's the bottom line, Jesus? What's the absolute bottom line? Well, the absolute bottom line is this. Eternal, can I have that scripture back up there again, please, Sam? It says this, John 17, verse 3. Now, this is eternal life. I was speaking to a Buddhist at my local garage and uh, petrol station. He said, well, I'm a Buddhist. I said, that's cool. He said, you're on a journey towards God. Oh, okay. He said, yeah. He said, even the Muslims are on a journey. See, it's love. He said, but I believe in Jesus. And I believe the words of God when he said, John 14, verse 6, Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to God the Father except through me. No one can know God 
unless they come through Jesus, basically. So, for the Buddhist, I'm commending him on his journey. Some people are buffheads. They just don't want to know about nothing. They're just living, man, on, on the world, in the world. And... But this guy's open. And I tease out a little bit of the God factor. And I say, I can tell you more if you want. Oh, maybe next time. I say, that's cool. He's on a journey. Nicodemus thought... Let's have a look at Nicodemus, just quickly. John 3, 1 to 10, for the sake of time. We've got a very knowledgeable Pharisee, Nicodemus. He's read the systematic theology book. He thinks he knows God. When I, when I got to the fourth, fifth page, I went, I know God. I don't need to, I do, you do need to read the rest, but this is it. All this big book is about knowing God. It's not about knowing all the minor doctrines and the big doctrines and the, all the theology. That all helps you to know God. Of course it does. We need that. And I'm still studying that to know God more. But Nicodemus, he's got a lot of knowledge. He thinks he knows God. He approaches Jesus. And, uh, but then Jesus stops him and says, Hang on, Nicodemus. Um, what you know of God is not the point. You need this. You need a revelation of God. You need a wake-up call in a most dramatic way in being born again. Is that right? So, so Nicodemus, the Pharisee, knowledge abounding. Jesus, you're a worthy man. You're a teacher. Tell me. Said, hang on, hang on. Don't come to me with all the questions yet. Don't come to me with all that knowledge. Don't, don't. This is basically it. You need, Nicodemus, a revelation. In effect, Nicodemus was depending upon his reason. And Jesus was saying that the Jewish leader needed a revelation. When Peter confessed his faith in Jesus as the Messiah, in uh, Matthew 16, verse 16, the Messiah, the Son of the living God, blessed to you, Simon, son of Jonah, when Peter approached him and Peter said, well, Peter was asked, who, who do you say you? For flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, Peter, but my Father in heaven has given you this revelation. So it's about revelation in a most special way. Firstly, by seeing Jesus. And you don't even need any theology for that. You just need to see him. The book of Hebrews says, but I see Jesus. Some people get saved just like that. But some of the word people say, hang on. You saw Jesus, you went down to Tuwim Bay last night and you thought you saw a, an apparition of Jesus and, and you saved that. Now, now, we need to take that to task. You mightn't be born again, you mightn't be saved because we need to make sure theologically But we believe in experiential faith as a, as a Pentecostal charismatic church. Amen? We believe that someone can see Jesus and experience Jesus like Julie did in a Singapore hotel and saw Jesus and had a divine revelation that God is. And so however way that you receive your getting to know God better this year, I pray this, that you'd find time to do that. How, Pastor Phil? Let me just give you one, one instance of uh, maybe the story of Moses where it says this in Exodus 33:7. I know my time is gone. But Moses used to do this. Okay, let's have a look at it. How can I find 
God more so, Pastor Phil. In 2012, you're, talk, you're telling me to seek the Lord while he may be found, to know God, to love God, to make him known. Jeremiah 9.24 firstly says, and I'll wrap it up after these two scriptures, thanks Sam. 9.24 says, but let him who boasts, boast about this. So Jeremiah say, don't boast, don't boast about your riches, don't boast about your wisdom. This is the prophet speaking to God's people now. And he's saying, listen you people, you worldly people, don't boast about this. We didn't see Christian boasting about his riches. We didn't see him boasting about his wisdom. We didn't see him boasting about his strength. But he boasted in this, that he knew God. All right, that he knew God. I know, I, I've been with people of late who boast about their riches, boast about their wisdom, boast about their strength. Yeah, it's phenomenal when you're growing up. You get, as a man, you get this strength and you can lift things and you can jump, you can, oh, you can do incredible things. And because we're born to worship, you know, we're born to worship. And, and I admire people who get fit and I admire people who, who do that, but we've got to be careful we don't end up worshipping ourselves. We've got to do this. Jeremiah 9.24 says, But let him who boasts, boast about this. I'll say it again. Jeremiah 9.24 says, But let him who boasts, boast about this, that he understands and knows me. I pray that for you this year, that you can say, But I know God. You'll never be at the mercy of an argument. You'll never be at the mercy of someone throwing you theology and saying, Yeah, well, what about this? What about that? And what about the, Was there three wise men? And did Jesus... You'll never be at the mercy of that if you know God. Well, friend, I'm not sure about all that, but I know this. I know God, and He loves me, and I know Him. He cares for me. He cares for me. That He understands and knows me. I am the Lord who exercises kindness, justice, and righteousness on earth, for in these I delight. And of course, Moses would find this special time of seeking the Lord. In Exodus 33, 7, now Moses would do this. He would come away. He would step out of the familiar. And I believe that's what we've got to do in 2012. Now Moses used to take a tent and pitch it outside the camp some distance away. He would set up a tent, tent in the National Park at Diamond Head. He would set up a little caravan, a little tent. And you would have time out, out of, the, out of the familiar. What's the familiar? All the busyness of your life. All the busyness of your friends, your family, your business, your real life. Your, everything, your family, your marriage, everything. The familiarity can almost regulate you to be Mr. and Mrs. Normal. And that's great. We want you to do well in life. We're not saying to abdicate your responsibility in raising your family, doing business and doing well in life. But at certain times, my friend, you have got to come out of the familiar. You've got to go for a bushwalk and experience the wonder of God who says man is without excuse. He shows his glory. You've got to find yourself going away and getting yourself a little abode, getting yourself a little place where you can chill out and relax. How does it say that? It says it like this. Now Moses used to take a tent and pitch it outside the camp some distance away, calling it the tent of meeting. Anyone inquiring of the Lord would go to the tent of meeting outside of the camp. Outside of the camp. Father, this year, 
this year, Lord. Let's all stand. God bless you. We want to come outside of the camp. What's the camp? The busyness of life. What was that camp to Moses? It was the busyness of doing life, working, raising family, doing work, going to work, coming from work, doing life. Lord, help us get to church more this year. Let us come out and into your presence, into this tent of meeting, into this place of your presence where we can stop and relax and enjoy your sweet presence. Father in heaven, I pray that your people this year would boast about this, that they know God, that they know you, that they wouldn't boast of their riches, that they wouldn't boast of these things of the world, but they would say, but I know God. So this year, Lord, I want to throw the gauntlet down to C3 Tugra and say, my chief aim is to know God more this year and to make God known. Now, two people at the start I mentioned have died. Good news, they're bound for heaven. But what about the people around your life? I said in the tithing message, God just doesn't want 10% of your money. He wants all your money. He wants all your friends. He wants all my friends. Yeah, He wants to save them. You, you, you want my friends that I chill out and just talk natural? And Paul, the Apostle Paul, he accused the Corinthian church of living like mere men. He said, I have this about you. You're just living like mere men. I hope that you're not living the normal mere men life 24-7. But you're doing good life, but you're finding yourself coming away with God, coming away into the revelation of who He is, what He has for you, for your destiny, for your life. Jesus, right now, I pray for a divine revelation of Jesus Christ. Right now, let's just lift our hands right now. Father in heaven, right now, I pray the power of Your Spirit to reveal Jesus to us. You're the ultimate revelation. This is the reason we celebrated Christmas, Lord God. So, Father, right now, I pray for divine revelation, special revelation, that the revelation that is omitted from creation itself and that the special revelation that comes by the way of the Son of God and by the written Word, that we would know God more, that we would know God more. This is our chief aim of life, to know God. Now, friend, I want you to take that into your family and understand this, Father, understand this, husband and wife, your most noble thing you can do for your children is to do this, is to allow them to know God. Bring them to church. Explain who God is through creation. Explain who God is through the Word of God. And explain who God is through Jesus Christ of Nazareth. If you do that, God Himself will be so happy with you. And such favor will break out upon your life. You won't know. Let's just sing in the Spirit for a little bit here right now. Come on. Jesus, I, I, I want my spirit open to you. I don't want to be like Nicodemus who knew, who only knew, had a philosophical, a knowledge, an academic view of God, but no God. 
We want to have an experiential faith in you. Jesus, this year, right now, we declare that we want more revelation of you through the Word of God, by the power of the Holy Spirit, illuminating Jesus Christ as the way, the truth, the life for a lost world, our friends and family. Jesus, right now, I declare you, you are eternal life. You are the only way to eternal life. You said that, Lord God. So right now, I declare this season, this C3 Church Congress season of 2012 is open to experience. 